0: All right, so uh, what we're going to do? I'm going to give you a little bit, bit of a message, okay? A little bit of a message, but the point is, at the end, we want to have an impartation time, something that the Lord has recently done for us, and we want to pass it along. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to give you some stuff that sort of help you. Is uh, I want to read Ephesians 4:20 20 through 24. You know, we're just in a new time. I really believe. Uh, with all my heart, and I feel that we are starting to see daybreak, okay, that's what I feel, and uh, mm, I didn't know my baby was back there, yeah, uh, yeah. William Luke, everybody says he looks like me, so, isn't he such a blessed child,
1: <laughs>
0: okay, I'm sorry, I'm just, anyways, I love my grandkids. I have a philosophy about grandkids. The more, the merrier. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's right. The more, the merrier. So I'm looking for more. Uh, Anyways, you know, the womb is never satisfied, they say. And I've sort of got the spiritual womb going. Okay, it's never satisfied. Anyways, we believe, I mean, several of us are starting to feel there's been a shift spiritually that's been happening with us. I don't know if you're picking up on it. I'm going to help you pick up on it. Okay, I want to or I'll try to help you because God, we're I believe we're in we're coming into a new day spiritually, and so if things are going to be different. It's going to be a better day, but I don't I don't think necessarily from the world perspective it's going to be a better day. Okay, I think, in fact, I think the Bible teaches that the world is going to get darker. Okay, but it also teaches as that darkness grows, so should the people of light become lighter and brighter. And so I really feel that, and I feel God just, you know, really releasing people and getting things off in people, okay? And one of the things that I really believe the Lord wants to do, and I'm not walking in this, okay, but I see it, is that He wants us to come to a place where we're not looking for the breakthrough. We're not looking for the miracle. We're carrying it. That our life is that we're we're walking in a breakthrough. Our life our lifestyle is a breakthrough. Our lifestyle is a miracle because the world desperately is going to need it. That doesn't mean we're not going to have church and relief and break. We're always because we believe that's what we're supposed to do. But we're we're people that's coming into uh, you know the Bible calls it perfection, but we want it's better uh, matured, growing up in Christ and starting to live fully to what that really means okay everybody got kind of shut down on me when i said that word perfection because everybody's thinking i'm far from being i said i was far but i tell you what god is growing people up and we're going to begin to lay hold of everything that god has for us it's a time of fullness in the world fullness of, of, of good things and bad things and it's time for the church to come into a fullness i really believe that so i'm going after that That's my dream, you know, as far as my life is concerned. What I want to see this church is that the presence of God is so powerful and that we're walking in such a powerful thing ourselves that we're not bogged down like with all these problems and carrying all this weight ourselves so that the life of God can flow through us. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's a great, great thought. But you have not so learned Christ, is verse 20 of of 4, I want to just point out a few words here, if you don't mind. Learn. Everybody say learn. Learn is a process. It's an education. And so when we become believers, uh, w- although right now everybody has it all, we there's a process of learning how to lay hold of everything and a process of learning how to, to live, live that. Learn is important. Uh, my bad experience going to... K through, I didn't actually go to kindergarten. Back in those days, they didn't have it. It was grade one to grade 12. I was able to go completely through school and never study for anything. I didn't pay attention to class. Somehow I was able to slip and slide through and pass all the tests. And that was just awesome, I thought, until I got in college and I realized I'm not smart enough to keep doing this. In fact, I'm not going to make it in college by not studying. And not paying, and I got to go to class and pay attention, and I've got to actually go home and study. The problem was, yeah, the problem was I didn't have any study skills. Okay, so there I was in college, an in electrical engineering degree, and not knowing how to study. I was, I learned how to study. It was a crash course in learning how to study, and so you see, there's an active participation that God is looking for with us in our spiritual lives. He wants us to participate, so to speak, in the school of Christ and learning how to live a Christ-like life. We have the gift of Christ-likeness. We have the gift of being in Christ and Christ being in us. Now we have to have a walking out and learning how to do this. And And if we don't participate with Him... It's just not going to happen. You know, in other words, we've got to become active. You can't be like I was in school, just sitting there daydreaming and thinking about what I was going to do when I got out and can't wait till the bell rings to get out of this miserable place. We had to be active towards God and, and be intentional to become, you know, these, the people that God's called us to be. That's good news. But, and then it says, you have not learned it, verse 21. If indeed you have heard him and been taught by him. So he wants to teach you. But in other words, for you to be taught by him, you've got to do what? You've got to hear him. And God has given us all the ability to hear if we will do one thing. There's one thing we really do have to do to hear the Lord. Because everybody wants to hear. We have to humble ourselves. Do you all remember Kalani's, one of her first CDs, I'm not sure it was the first, Called bending the hear. Do y'all remember that C D? Bending the Hear? It was a really good one. And on the cover, the cover actually heard leaning over a jukebox like this. Well I found that to be the best way to hear the hear the Lord. It's when I bend. When I humble myself, I can hear God talking to me. And so God really is talking to everybody in this room. All the time. He's speaking to us. He he's a communicator. But many times we're not hearing him because we got another agenda. You know, and we've got something going in our hearts, and so he wants to. And so we're not going to learn from him, but he wants you to hear his voice. That is a that is the most cherished thing there is to hear the Lord speak to you. Amen. Are y'all okay? Now the next part is called. Let me just tell you was verse twenty two in Ephesians. This will help you remember Ephesians four twenty two. It's called the getting naked verse. You will never forget. This is the getting naked verse because he says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lust. So that the picture in the Greek put off is literally taking your clothes off. That's what it is. Paul was saying you've got to take these clothes off, the clothes of the old man and the acts of the old man. Literally, you had to strip yourself. Allow him to strip you to get. A, in other words, if we're going to learn, that's what we got to do. We got to learn to be completely stripped down, naked before the Lord. Okay. As he takes these these old clothes and these old actions, these old deeds, and then in the, the next verse he talks about thinking. Well, well, let me just hit hit some things first uh, before we get to the think part. Uh, I want to. Can we show the slide up there? I got this slide this week. I stole this slide actually from uh, CMC. Uh, which is, you know, hospital. We had a meeting with them, with Lenora. And this is, this is what the, the slide shows. It shows the ten leading causes of death in the United States, which, you know, like suicide, heart disease, cancer, stroke, lung disease, accidents, Alzheimer's, flu and pneumonia, diabetes and kidney disease are the ten uh, leading causes of death in the United States. Then the uh, inner portion called the nine contributing factors and so those are were, those were a lot what Paul tries to address. See, they're, they're really hooking up with the Bible. He tries to address contributing factors in our life, things that we do, okay, that's not good. Like he talks about our sexual behavior. Okay, that's one of the things that Paul addresses in Ephesians, is sexual, and another thing is the use of money. And so we, you can see they got all these different things that contribute, like guns could actually contribute if you misuse a gun. You could, you know, kill yourself uh, or kill somebody else. Alcohol abuse, tobacco, all these things contribute to the ten leading causes of death. But really the thing that I want you to get is the middle part, the root causes. And this is cool because medical science is now catching up with what the Bible teaches. that, That disease in our bodies is caused by something in our hearts. Okay, an issue in our hearts, a hurt in our hearts, uh, you know, pressure, stress, anger, low self-esteem, hopelessness, emotional despair. That's why Jesus, when He said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. I came to set people free. That's that's really why He was doing it. Cause he, it and that's really why I talked to you a lot of a couple of weeks ago about the hardness of your heart and getting your heart fixed because if you can get your heart fixed, you can get your actions out here fixed. And so... And that's really how we live in wholeness and fullness is allowing our hearts to be fixed and allowing the insides of us to be fixed. And then what we will do is we will begin to deal with those contributing factors, the old man's deeds. We're like, you know what? I don't need to get drunk no more. I don't need to go out drinking anymore. I don't have that need anymore because something inside of me got fixed. And that's really how to get people free is get them free on the inside and eventually it's going to work itself to the outside. Because you can't, you know, if a person's got a, like, say, an alcohol problem where they just can't quit drinking, you can never free them by taking all their drink away from them. They're going to still crave it, and it's, and it's going to drive them nuts. But if you can fix them on the inside, and God has a way of fixing people on the inside, that's what His heart is. And that's why we have to keep going going after our hearts. Isn't that really good? All right, then in verse 23, and I'm going to try to get them to give me permission to put that, because a lot of people would like to have the beard access to access that. I, think it was, I was amazed when she popped that up there. I said, wait a minute, because she was sort of moving. I said, wait a minute, let me see that. You know, uh, you know there's some good stuff happening in the medical community. Um, in the, so the next verse, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That, that's really important because a lot of Christians uh, deal with their outer garments. Uh, but they don't take your underwear off, okay? That's sort of the underwear verse. Your underwear is your thoughts, okay? So I don't know about you boys, but when I was a little boy, uh, we were fine to wear the same pair of underwear more, to, more than one time. You know, your mama didn't want you doing that. But, you know, you have a pair of underwear, you wear them, and the next day you grab maybe you flip them, Flip them out, you know, tr- tr- turn them inside out, and just keep on wearing them. Well, that's the way a lot of Christians are. is we are walking around with these nice clothes on, we look wonderful on the outside, but your underwears are soiled. It's soiled with bad thoughts. And because it's soiled with bad thoughts, eventually that soiled underwear is going to work its through your pants. And people are going to be like, what's wrong? Did you set in something? No, I am i didn't say him nothing. I am that. You know, it'll work its way out. You know, and I know that's a... But that'll help you remember. You know? So God wants to change us by changing our thinking. Literally. And when our thinking is changed, our life can be changed. And I know that's... Really, the truth, and I could really go off on that because that is probably one of my all-time, almost favorite subjects, you know, in the top two or three anyway. Um, but then he goes on in the next verse. is, put on the new man, okay? Put on the new man, which was created according to God. Isn't that powerful? It's uh, a whole set of clothing that God's given us. A whole new thing. Like, put that on. It was created. God created it. And he's created each person an individual pair of clothes. It's not like a bunch of, of you know, weirdos, everybody's wearing the same clothes. Everybody's got different clothes on because but they're all Christ because on because not everybody can there's no one person that can really uh show Christ fully. But all of us together can show Christ fully. And so He everybody has different garments and we have different looks and different ways, but it's still Him. And that's what He wants us to put on who He created you and I to be, our identity in Christ, who He says you are. All those things are just absolutely critical in your life. I mean, critical beyond measure. When we begin to realize this is who He created in me. This is what He said about me. This is the the, the personality He's given me. And when we begin to receive that and walk in it, we are ex- begin to express who we really are. And there's power, and there's a lot of power in that. That's where the real power is. So that's really, uh, I mean... That's really good, isn't it? I think it is. And so that's what he's trying to do in these verses, you know, in Ephesians. He starts out, you know, the grand scheme, every blessing in Christ, uh, the vision, the dream. And then, you know, in verse in chapter 4, he jumps into this stuff. He jumps into, like, how you talk. He, how, What are you thinking about sex? Paul addresses it. How, how are you handling money? He... All these things are issues of our lives. that that He's saying these are the things that we've got to really make sure they're right and get right and allow them to be right in our life so we can live the dream. And God wants us to live the dream. He really does. And I'll tell you, we can believe it or not, I'm getting more and more convinced we're going to live the dream. I'm going to live the dream. I've decided I'm living the dream. Unless the Lord kills me right now, today, I'm going to live the dream. Because I'm going after something that I see as possible in Christ. A fullness that's possible. I'm not there, but as Arthur Burt once said, I'm not, I haven't arrived, but I've left the station. Or I've left the airport. I've left the airport. I'm on the plane. I'm headed that way. I'm not there, but I'm headed that way. And that's, that's my intent and purpose in life. And I believe there can be churches that can be there. I'm not satisfied for churches, for us to always stay bogged down, beat up, messed up. and We're trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Hey, we've got a world out there that somebody's got to pull up out of the mud. And it's us that God's looking at like, you're it. <laughs> it's like Jesus said, you're it. Come on, get up. You've got to go do it. I've handed it off to you. Go do it. You've got the power in you. But if you're so wounded and hurt yourself... You know, it's kind of rough if you just can't really get out of the bed or you're so messed up in your mind to really be that. So he's calling us into that. All right, that's good, I think. Amen, Amen. come on. All right, but now I'm going to do something real quick here. Ooh, mercy, Lord. Um, I want to read in chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. Okay, and I want to talk to you about wisdom. Okay, everybody say Wisdom. Wisdom is on God's agenda right now, big time. Okay, wisdom is on God's agenda. This is what Paul says: See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Let me tell you, circumspectly, let me tell you what that word means. I read the meaning of this, was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to tell anybody this. It'll bum them. <laughs> I'm just going to hide it from them. Ah, they need to be bummed. They're going to be bummed, tough for them. This is what it means. It means being exact, careful, accurate, and it leaves no room for any quality or characteristic of life that is undisciplined, untrained, unholy, ungodly, or unrighteousness. That's what I thought. Lord, that's the ultimate ultimate bar. How can I do that? Well, you do it through Christ. Okay, he's giving you power to do it. But he's saying, see, see, this is one thing people don't understand. The Bible tells us stuff that's impossible. Not just hard, but like it's impossible. And, and it's saying this is the way the life of Christ looks. This is the way it's to be lived. And if you'll let that come forth, it'll come forth in you. Okay, it's not like i gotta got to figure out how to, boy, if it's up to me... And it's up to you. We're not. We're going to fail at every point, all the time. But if we trust Him and believe in His power in us, and believe in His grace, and believe in His love, He will grow us into that and bring us into that. Anyways, uh, he, he tells us to walk as wise. Okay, don't walk circumspectly, not as foolish, but as wise. So circumspectly and wise is, is, would be equivalent. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're in the evil day. Okay, our our world is 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 evil time. And I've been here for a few years on the earth and been, you know, recognizing, well, I don't think I did for the first 20 years, you know, what was happening in the world. I mean, it was just whatever was happening. Was, I mean, I read about stuff that was happening when I was growing up. I'm like, really? That happened? I didn't know that happened. You know, just bad things, I mean, it's like I missed all that because I was so messed up. But, you know, I didn't watch TV for years, not because I was spiritual, just before I got saved. I didn't have time. I was out doing all this bad stuff. So there was television shows that came and gone that I never knew existed. You know, it's just crazy. When you think about your life, what you do with your life. Well, I didn't really miss anything watching, not watching those shows, I don't think. But what I'm saying is is we're in a time, though, now, as believers, we need to begin to redeem our time. And we need to begin to pay attention to the times we live in and pay attention to our lives, Okay, that's what Paul's saying. We need to redeem our time. We need to pay attention to our time. No longer, Byron, are you a 16, 15, 14-year-old kid out partying and having a big grand glorious time, and the world's going to hell around you, son. You're in this world now, and son, you need to be start paying attention to what's going on in this world because you have a responsibility. Uh, let me just tell you this. Yesterday, I'm telling, telling on myself about that. I was talking to a friend of mine in New York early in the week, and he was saying, well, we need to really pray about that hurricane. He said, if we, if you get one or two or three people who really know how to pray, we could stop that hurricane. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I know we could. Yes, yes, yeah." I did not pray about it until yesterday. I was looking at it, and something rose up in me when I looked at that hurricane coming on the coast of North Carolina. Something rose up on the inside of me, and it was like this. How dare that hurricane come to my state like that? Okay, but what, but what I felt like God was saying was like... Like what Frank was saying, son, you're a little too, little too late. Where were you? Were you not paying attention to what's going on in your state? You see, we need to look at our state. This is our state. We have authority over this state. We need to begin, If the Christians will begin to release that authority. Now, thank God a lot of people were praying. And I think a lot of the blood was softened all the way around. I praise God for that. I really believe that God softened the blow. This is not a judgment. This is like, let's pay attention. We may have been there to speak to that hurricane before we even got to North Carolina and it made it turn out to the sea and hurt nobody and hurt nothing. And that's where God's calling us to. He's calling us to exercise this authority and this power that's invested in us. So that's the board about... Re- are you okay? Okay. Right. It says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. So you see right there, wisdom and understanding go together, which leads to knowing what the will of the Lord is. And everybody wants to know what the will of the Lord is, and a wise person knows what the will of the Lord is. Okay? A wise person knows what the will of the Lord is. Now, uh, let me read this thing about wisdom here, about what it means. Are you all okay? Okay? And this, you know, I don't, I didn't run this morning, so I'm gonna go ahead and preach real fast and get my heart going, you know, so I can get my exercise in. In this context, it means to have keen insight into the true nature of things. Keen insight into the true nature of things. Okay, it's uh, a good example would be a politician. It's being able to hear what they're saying and determine without any other, with, with, just by wisdom, knowing are they really true, what they're saying. Is, do they really have our well-being? Is this person sincere? That's what wisdom will give you, give you that ability to be able to really have insight into things. Okay? That sounds pretty good, right? Uh, understanding means it, uh, it's good judgment or, or the skill to govern our life in a careful, successful manner has a skill to govern your life in a careful, successful manner. And God wants all this is what I'm saying, God wants us to be successful. In every area of our life, He wants us to be successful and be able to govern our life, make decisions, make choices, and do the right things at the right time, be connected with people properly. And the way we do that is have understanding. The way you have understanding is have wisdom. Are you all following this? Yeah? So wisdom leads to understanding. And understanding l- leads to a successful life. You can have success in your life. You can have success in relationships. You can have success in your businesses. Whatever, whatever you're doing in life, you can be really successful if you have understanding because you had wisdom. So that really, like, oh, this is what I want. Uh, it, is able, it is to be able to figure out the best decisions that will lead, lead to the best results for our life. Now, that's awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? The best decisions that lead to the best, best results of your life, your family's life, your finances, everything, the whole deal. That's, that's what it means. So when we are walking in wisdom, we have understanding and we have a, we have a handle on God's, what God wants us to do in that particular situation. That's exciting to me. Y'all are just sitting there looking at me like, well, okay, yeah, all right, we got that, move to the next point. I'm not moving to the next point. <laughs> because that's what I, Here's what the point is. The Bible tells us in Matthew 23:34, in the last days, men will be seeking people of wisdom. That's Matthew 23. It says, it says in the last days, men and women will be looking. where are the people of wisdom. We need wisdom. We need people of wisdom. Is, are not we saying that about our government right now? Please give us leaders that have wisdom. We need men and women of wisdom to lead our country. Because we're wondering about the wisdom of what we have. Like, is that wisdom? And so we have this Christ that we're looking at for, and and that's going to become a widespread thing in the earth. Is this hunger, this desire on earth, looking for these people who have wisdom. Okay? Are y'all... So God wants us to have that. Now, I want to tell you three ways to get wisdom this morning, just in case you're interested, if you want it. Now, y'all should know all these. I'm sure you do. The first one is in uh, good old James. Let me read it to you. James 1, verse 5 through 6 and 7 if any of you lacks wisdom there you go it's pretty simple let him ask of God okay who gives to all liberty, liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him that's why we have to really get this revelation of God's love for us because if we believe in our hearts that God loves us when we say oh Lord I need wisdom on this if we believe he'll, oh it's easy we'll get it. Because we know that God's for us, that God's reaching out to us, and He wants to give, give, give to us, and He'll give us wisdom. Okay? But let Him ask in faith, because faith works through love. Right? So that's what it's trying to tell us there. You've got to believe God loves you, and if, if you believe He loves you, guess what happens? Faith works, right? It just works because faith works through love. You won't have to focus on faith. Focus on God's love for you. Faith works. You ask for wisdom. You get it. Okay? Otherwise... If you don't, without without no doubt, and for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, just back and forth. But you know, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, and it says, uh, "Let that man not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's double-minded and unstable in all his ways." Okay, so are y'all following that? So God wants us not to be. He he doesn't want us to live in two worlds in our minds. He wants to live us in one world in our mind. You know. I always look at it like living in a duplex. Like your mind is a duplex. And you had to decide which which world you're going to live in. You, you can't live in two places at one time. And that's really what's wrong with a lot of Christians. They're living in two places in their mind. They believe in God and not believing. in God. They don't believe God's for them. They do believe God's for them. They believe He's for them at church, but when they go home, they don't believe He's for them. You know? Because something bad happens, and they don't really realize, like, oh, this is bad, this is wrong, but this is of the world. This is not from God. Instead of like, God is doing that to teach me a lesson, he has, he's not even involved. Like, I'm not doing that to teach anybody any lessons. He don't do that. Anyways, are, is that cool or not that God, if all we had to do was ask him. Just say, Lord, I just need wisdom. That's really easy. Here's another one, Deuteronomy 34. Uh, this is in the Old Testament. Way back at the back of the Old Testament, if you're a Hebrew, because Hebrews read from the back to the front. Did y'all ever know that? I'm trying to get y'all to loosen up. Have you ever picked up a magazine and knows how people read magazines? It's thumb through magazines. They always start at the back and go to the front. Yeah, I was trying to say that, but you didn't. Anyways, forget, Dean. Now, uh, 34, verse 9. Joshua, the Son of Man, was full, full, it says, of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. That's another way we can get full of wisdom, is having a man or a woman of wisdom to put their hands on you and just have a simple prayer, and they'll become an impartation. And it's really easy. An impartation of wisdom will come into your life, and you will begin to be a person of wisdom because of that person. That's how Joshua was. And then the, the last, there's other ways, but the last one I wanted to give you this was sort of my my pet one because it's got other ones. In 1 Kings 3, it's when... Uh, 1 Kings 3, um, verse 5, it says, uh, At Gibeon, that's a place, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. In a dream. Now, I I love this because most people don't get this about this wisdom he got, he got it in a dream. That's how he got this wisdom. He saw God in a dream, and God did something for him in a dream. People in America, and the Western world, just poo-poo dreams or, or, or make it weird or something. Dreams are really part of God's economy. God does something. You can actually receive an impartation from from a dream. If you can have an encounter with God or an encounter with an angel in a dream and something could happen in your life and change your life. And that's how Solomon became the wisest man and thus the richest man on the whole earth is he had a dream and God came to him and the Lord said, what do you want, Solomon? And he says, I just need this wisdom to be able to rule these people. And the Lord said, that's awesome. And because you didn't want a bunch of money, I'm going to give you the wisdom and a pile of money to go with it. That's what really happened in his life. It says that in Better, you know, nicer words. It doesn't say a pile of money, but he was probably the most wealthy man in the entire history of mankind, Solomon. Because God made him wealthy. And God gave him this wisdom. But now I want to read this to you because I love this. And we could talk about this forever. Behold, this is the Lord speaking in verse 12. I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding what? heart. Not a wise and understanding brain. Because wisdom does not rest in your cranial mind. It rests in your heart mind. Which, by the way, scientists have proven that there is a literal mind in here. It's proven. I've been st- There's a whole branch of medical science called neurocardiology. And they're studying this little brain that's in here, not this one up here. Isn't that cool? Don't you love it? Because that's how God relates to us. It's through our heart. It says God knows us by the heart, not by here. And the heart's here. The mind that He speaks to is here. When we talk about a renewed mind, it's actually this mind. It's what's being renewed. This mind. They've, I've studied this thing. I've read and read and read and read and read and read hours of reading about this thing, and I don't know a lot of terms that they use because a lot of us know. But they have all these neurons and these these nerve paths that they've proven actually influence every decision we make everything we do has been influenced by this, this this mind and the heart well i'm not an expert on it and i'd be on, i would be wrong to say that and you know there's some stuff out there that's questionable like i was, let me just tell you this one i thought this was interesting i don't i'm not saying this is fact okay but they have said that there's heart transplant patients to receive heart transplants and actually would begin to have desires and fears that they never had in their life, ever. And when they researched it, the person they got the heart from, the person that was passed, actually had those same desires and fears. That's weird. That's real weird, right? I mean, it's too weird. I'm thinking, all right, if that ever happens to me, I'm making sure that person loves the Lord more than I do. It's more spiritual than me. (laughs) I don't know how factual any of that is. I mean, I've tried to, you know, find out, you know, but I think it could be true on some levels at least. Anyway, so I'm just wanting to really encourage you about that. Now, this is what I want to do. Uh I want to tell you, what, I shared this a couple Wednesdays. Who was here a couple of Wednesdays when I talked about that wisdom, wisdom, godly wisdom? Well, I, you just get the double portion, because this is important, okay? Uh, I'm actually going to a meeting once a month that was, in the name of the meeting is Godly Wisdom Meeting. And the whole purpose of the meeting is to seek God for wisdom, for godly wisdom. That's the whole purpose. It's not to go in for a bunch of, you know, preachers to run their mouth about whatever, you know, it's to go in there. Let's seek the Lord for godly wisdom for the day we're in because we desperately need godly wisdom. And actually, Bob Jones is the guy who started that meeting. And he's saying, this is our greatest need in this hour is godly wisdom. So oh, that was really good. But before we started the meetings, uh, I had this uh, one night. We were at home around 9 or so. It was or so. I'm not sure. Just Becky and I sitting in the house. Becky over there on her computer researching beach houses. I was sitting, I don't know what I was doing because I'm not allowed to have a computer downstairs no more. Okay? Because she says I'm obsessed with it. So, tell me this, she's sitting over with the computer. My computer's put away upstairs. I'm just sitting there. The TV's not on. And she's got the computer. I'm just telling you. I do I can get obsessed by but I'm going reading about the heart brain and researching it, but she says I get carried away with stuff. Anyways It's true. Anyways my face is red. I don't know why that embarrassed me. <laughs> I've just confessed my the, the thing that she's always fussing me about. But her you're obsessive. You just get obsessed by think You're too obsessive. You need to do something about these obsessive behaviors. Yeah, yeah. well, I had to. She told me, you better clean it up. (laughs) Anyway, she was sitting there doing that, I was sitting there in the chair. I I think I'd been reading a book, actually. And suddenly I saw there was an old woman standing in my living room, okay? And it scared the daylights out of me as it would any person if an old woman just suddenly showed up in your room. You know, I don't know what it is, but, you know... It would have scared me if anybody But that especially scared me. Especially when she's seven foot tall. You know, this seven foot tall old woman, and she would just stand there looking. And, I mean, once I got over the fright, it it disappeared. Or she disappeared. Or it disappeared, whatever. You know, I don't know. Well, I didn't know, so I prayed. And this is what I suggest you do when you have these spiritual encounters. Is you pray if this if there's any spirits in this house that are not from the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to leave right now. Okay, you because because you have like what we were praying, you have authority over your household, and they can't be there. And if you pray that, they'll leave, they'll go, they'll flee. Unless there's some sin there that's not taken care of, but there's no sin there. It's it's a house of peace. So, but then also did the rest of the prayer is this if. The Lord, If there's a spirit here the Lord has sent, I receive everything that you have from me. Whatever the Lord Jesus sent you for, I receive you. Okay? In other words, you're giving that angel permission to do what God commissioned the angel to do. Now, thus don't be weird about angels, you know, because, number one, Jesus had angels that ministered to him. Paul had angels that ministered to him. And Peter had angels that ministered to him. Right? So that means it's legal. Not only is it legal, it's necessary for us. And God has such created it. God. Don't need angels, you know. He doesn't have no need for that. He's decided he was going to do that. Yeah. And so those angels are here to help us and serve us. Okay, they really are there. It's not anything weird. And you don't get in, you know, get into worshiping. I mean, forget all that. I mean, I'm not into that. I will admit this. When this all this stuff first started happening to me, it was a lot more the experience was really a lot more fascinating to me. You know, I mean, it is fascinating to see stuff, I think. I want to be involved in it, but it's gotten... I'm still fascinated with it, but there's a more of a reality in my life that this means something, this is real, God is, is doing something, this is to be taken serious. This is not just, you know, a kid in a candy store kind of attitude. This is serious from the Lord. So, you know... I didn't tell Becky about the angel because it scared me. And I didn't want to scare her. We was, fixing, we was going to go to bed. I didn't want to bring fear into to her heart. And I didn't want no more. I want to just go to bed and go to sleep and not think about it no more. Well, in the middle of the night, Becky gets up, you know, like she does. And she loves to get up and turn on God TV. She can't sleep, so she gets up and goes and turns God TV on and lays and soaks under preaching is what she does, okay? She does it every once in a while. Instead of being anxious, just go and let the preachers preach you into heaven, you know? And so she, she did that that night. And when I came down here, she said, when I was walking down the stairs, she said, there's an angel in this room. That's what she said. She had picked up on, because you can feel the presence of an angel if they're really manifesting themselves. Their presence is not like the Holy Spirit. It's different. It's a heavenly presence, but it feels there's a difference. You can just begin to discern that. And I, then I told her, I said, yeah, I saw the angel, and this is, she's an old woman, and she's seven feet tall. But I don't, know what, I don't know what it means. I have no clue what it means. And we were asking the Lord, what does it mean? Lord, we're just going to receive that angel, but we'd like to know what it means. Let us in on it finally i gave up and i called bob jones and said look you know there's this is angel and i don't know what it means you know blah blah and then of course he said well that's godly wisdom that's what he said godly wisdom that angel was sent to you to release godly wisdom for you and if you will receive it and knowing that we release it in the church god's going to release this godly wisdom to people for this hour and that people will begin to have this godly wisdom he said he said one of the things that will happen in the church if you'll do this is that people in the church begin to get the wisdom getting wisdom not only for themselves and their own personal life but for the church people begin to speak forth the wisdom of god ain't that pretty cool so i said yes i'm in and then i was talking to another friend of mine uh and i was just telling him the experience you know and, and he's and i went through it and i was telling him about it and I, then i finally said it was godly wisdom he said well, when he was telling me I knew exactly what it was, he gave me a scripture out of Samuel where this old woman went to David, this old woman from Tekoa, and gave him stuff to be able to fulfill his mission. Okay? And this was, it was very powerful. It was David Harwood who did that, who, you know, has got all this understanding of the Bible. Like, I didn't know that. It wasn't even in the Bible, and I probably read it a hundred times never put it together. So, oh, are, are we good so what God wants to do is is He wants to impart that that angel to you if you would like to have that angel of godly wisdom working in your in your life, if you would like for God to you know what that angel does it helps you. Tell him what you read this morning, honey.
1: It's always interesting, you know that I get things in the morning. I don't ever know what Byron's preaching, but uh, the Lord actually uh, gave me Psalm ninety one eleven where He shall give His angels charge. Over us, and that word "charge" actually is like coming on the commission, and it's like it is releasing something. So we typically think of it just keeping us safe, but that was there's really a deeper meaning that he shall that he shall give his angels charge over us. So I really do feel like this is a charge now coming from the angelic realm for River Life Fellowship. I don't think that was just for Byron and I. I think it was for our our sphere here, all of you guys, who the Lord's given us, you know, it comes to the leaders. So, I think this is absolutely for us today, godly wisdom. You know, when Solomon could have asked for one thing, he asked for wisdom. He asked for it over money, over anything. So, it's really a pretty powerful thing that the Lord is that's given to us right now. So, um, Amen. So, the Lord really wants to don't you guys stand up and. I think Byron really wants to lay hands on you.
0: Yeah, um, because, um, well, if the the Lord's giving him, if, if the Lord's doing this, we need it, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Like, God, if God did that, I mean, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, that was sort of not on my agenda. And it's for you personally, for your personal circumstance and your personal situation in life that you would have wisdom so you could have this understanding to be successful with decisions and choices you're you're going to be making. It's for all of us in terms of this new time we're living in because we kind of figured out how to live it it yesterday, how yesterday worked, but now we don't really know how this new time is going to work. And, and what better way to walk into it with great wisdom and understanding just to know this is how this world is going to work, this is how this world is going to operate, this is what, how I can do it, this is what I can do. Wouldn't that be awesome to have that? And then I do believe, you know, for us as a church, because we, I'm, we're going to stick to, Lord, we're going to be a place where the presence of the Father resides, the love of God resides, and people can be equipped to live their life and do what God's called them to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep going after that and have that atmosphere for people. And there could be a healing place and a delivering place. But we are going to come into a place of you know where we're not the tails; we're the heads. That was the promise from the Old Testament that God never changed His mind on. He always wanted His people in the earth to be the head, to to, to be the givers, to be the blessers, to be the healers, to be the ones that brought people into the breakthrough. And we're going going through a time where we're trying to get healed, we're trying to get the breakthrough, we're trying to get blessed. But God's going to so overflow in our life, Amen. That's that's the dream. That's the dream that we've got to go after, and that we can be a huge blessing in the earth to to the people in the earth in these days, Amen. So I'm going to pray. You just just let's pray this, and then if you want to come up here, I'll just touch you briefly. So let's just pray. And I want you to receive. Lord, we just want to receive the the wisdom of heaven this morning. We're asking you. Lord, if you send an angel, we just say we receive that angel from heaven of godly wisdom. Just receive it for yourself. Just say, I receive it, Lord. I receive wisdom from heaven. I believe I have wisdom in me. I believe you want to manifest wisdom in my life. I believe you want to give me understanding, Lord. You want me to understand the times and know what to do. You want me to be able to know what to do in my life, Lord. You want me to be successful, Lord. And you're even sending an angel here to help me, to remind me of your promise. Promises and remind me of who You are and who I am. And Lord, I am reminded today that I am a son. I'm not some some lost guy out there. I'm a son. I'm part of the kingdom. I'm part of the Father's uh, DNA. I'm reminded. That angel has reminded me. And You have put all that in me. And You are calling that out now. You're calling it forth today, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for every person in this room I pray for this church, God. Release that angel into this church. Release your wisdom. Release that spirit into this church, Lord. Release it into our families, our children, our babies, Lord. Lord, our mamas and daddies and brothers and sisters. Our aunts and uncles. People who need who need something, Lord. Lord, we are asking you to do that. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just bless you.